0: Welcome to another edition of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, it is my privilege to welcome an individual who has turned his passion of wildlife into something that he wants to do as a career, Alankar Chandra. Alankar, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on the show.
0: Thank you. Alankar is the founder of Wild Voyager Private Limited. He has worked for HSBC, Cognizant and Brillio Technologies. Uh, He's from IM Ahmedabad and he he has always been very passionate about travel and photography. So Alankar, tell me what would you say are three key
1: milestones in your career or your life? Um, Looking back, uh Possibly the first one uh, will be like getting into IIM mm-hmm. and That kind of uh, transformed a lot of things and you can say that was actually my first initiation into the world of business and management. Okay. And after that, if I have to look back, it would be possibly taking the plunge and starting my own uh, travel company, okay. which is Wild Verger. And then if I have to say the third one, possibly it could be last year when I started with my camp in Masai Mara, which is Olga camp. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, my first foray into the uh, hotels or the hospitality uh, okay. business. Terrific. So let's talk about Wild Voyager
0: now. Tell me about this venture. You know, you have two components in it photography and
1: travel. Sure. So talk to me about both, and if possible, give me some examples. Sure. So, uh, Ashutosh, initially uh, I started it as more of a photography tours company. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was doing my own uh, photography for a long time, about 12 years now, mm-hmm. and been traveling to different places like Masai um, Mara, your Nordic, rest of Africa, and all. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, also, as a hobby, you can say, was leading some uh, photography tours where I was mm-hmm. teaching. A group of people about photography lessons on the field Mm -hmm. so that's how uh, the thought came to me that uh, why not uh, start this as a full-time business Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, get into this Mm -hmm. so on the basis of that actually I took the plunge and started Wild Voyager so initially we were just a photography tour company uh, where I was the only one who was uh, doing that Mm -hmm. then slowly uh, I would say things evolved uh, then, uh, because also see uh, uh, all the back end logistics for these places like, like Africa and all the places we do mm-hmm. remain the same because I had built, built this network over a lot of uh, years, like the network of guides, the vendors, and all that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I met uh, other people like my partner and other staff. So then we decided to basically grow this as a full fledged travel company. Okay. Because photography is a very small subset of people who would like to go to African safari or a mm. Nordic uh, Northern Lights tour, these kind of things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So from there, uh, then the process started. So then we built a team, then we had a sales team, operations team, all the backend systems, technology, mm. and all that, that you typically have in a travel company. Okay. And then slowly we uh, set up uh, offices uh, in our, basically the target markets like U.S. Then in Kenya, we started with a back office operations from last year. Mm-hmm. So all these things happened along the way. While today we are, I would say more of an experiential and luxury uh, travel company, okay. which caters to uh, nature and wildlife travel around the world. Mm-hmm. But uh, we still uh, continue with my core passion, which is the photography tools. That is still a small part of what we do. Okay. And I still have my own schedule where the places I travel around the world. every Fantastic. year. Fantastic. So, you know, uh, your passion
0: is uh, wildlife photography. And I've often yes. been told that, you know, uh, wildlife photography needs a huge amount of patience. So, my
1: yes. question to you, Alankar, is what makes a good wildlife photographer? I think you answered that before me. So, patience is one of the first things. Mm. And then, uh, uh, one of the most important thing is basically uh, waiting for the opportunities and catching them right. Mm. So uh, A lot is about instincts also. So we spend a lot of time in the field. Say I am spending a whole day in a say Aranthambhor or even a Masai Mara. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So not that every moment is exciting and I am getting something every moment. Mm. So it may be just one or two seconds in the whole day that I would be getting something special. Mm. Some kind of action or some good light or other things. So I have to wait patiently and when the right time comes, I have to basically get the right composition and... Get this execution perfectly done. Amazing.
0: And you know, you're an I am Ahmedabad person. Do you have any kind of analytics that for every 10,000 photographs you click, you'll get one right one or something like
1: that? Okay. So, uh, when anyone starts, because I have also been mentoring some uh, young people, mm. and even when I look back to my own journey, mm. initially we tend to click a lot of uh, pictures which don't remain relevant later on. Correct. Because You learn that these are bad pictures and the mistakes that you have done, Mm. and eventually you try to come out of it. So now, if I look at it, at it, if uh, say I am going for a say five-day safari anywhere in India, Mm. possibly I will come back with only 20 or 25 images which I like. Wow! So earlier that number could have been even like 2,000 when I started.
0: Amazing! Amazing! And you know, uh, staying with wildlife a little. What are some of your favorite wildlife uh, destinations in India and abroad?
1: Sure. So in India, typically, uh, I mean, I have a strong bias towards Ranthambur because Mm. it has been, you can say, my training ground being closest to Delhi. This is the place I have been the most um, in my initial days. Mm. Now outside of India, a lot of places, uh, particularly in Africa, places like Kenya, where you have Masai Mara then Tanzania for Serengeti, then places like Botswana, Namibia, South Mm. Africa for Kruger. These are some amazing places. Okay. And any
0: uh, interesting experiences you've had while
1: photographing uh, all these wonderful animals? Uh, Actually, a lot of them. So, uh, possibly if I have to recount some of the top two, three... um, it w- one of them would be the first time I got a uh, wild tiger killing uh, in the daytime in ranthambore Okay. That was a very special moment for me. Mm. Then uh, way back, uh, the first time I saw any big cat hunting, which was a cheetah in Masai Mara. Okay. I mean, that actually prompted me to uh, more seriously uh, take wildlife photography as a hobby. Mm. Because uh, originally I was more, I'm still more of a traveler. And photography actually came the an associated thing. When I traveled, I just wanted to take good pictures. Right. But uh, with some of these special moments, I started uh, taking wildlife photography more seriously. I see. And are there
0: any specific or special cameras that you use? Or can anyone use their standard SLR cameras? Uh,
1: typically, yes. Uh, you can start with any uh, standard SLR cameras. That is how all of us uh, begin our But uh, now, uh, since I have graduated to a certain level. So uh, I use professional cameras, which is a Nikon D5 and typically the prime lenses like a 600mm and some uh, nice wide angles like a 14-24, uh, 24-70. Hmm.
0: Very interesting.
1: I have been a Nikon all around, all alone. And tell me, you know, as a wildlife photographer, you're obviously also very, very
0: concerned about wildlife conservation. What has India's track record in uh, conservation of our wildlife?
1: Honestly, they've been doing well. And particularly now, if you see the tiger numbers, the things are actually looking up uh, quite a bit. Mm. Uh, there was a time uh, when parks like Sariska were almost devoid of tigers, not mm. almost actually devoid of tigers. Mm. So from there, uh, even when I look at uh, the grassroots level, level mm. because we also interact a lot uh, with the local forest guards in the park management. Okay. So when I look at it, uh, we see a lot more surveillance that has come in hmm. and a lot more uh, tracking and analytics that has gone into uh, the back end. So okay. basically in a park like say Sariska today, hmm. so all the important tigers, uh, they have a team which is following them hmm. and every day they have a report which is made, which is sent to the higher authorities and they're tracking the movements continuously, which is actually a good thing. Okay. And uh, also, there have been many incidences where uh, poachers have been caught or mm-hmm. arrested in many parks, including Kajiranga, parks mm-hmm. of South India, uh, and parks of MP, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. But still, on and off, uh, some poaching and other incidences are still there.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I'm sure we will get better from this.
0: I'm sure. And what about the you know the haven for animals, which is Africa? What are what are their conservation uh, you know rules and how are they different from us?
1: So Africa, when I say, of course, each country is doing very differently. Correct. Now, let me take example of Kenya, which is closest to me. Mm -hmm. So in a park like Masai Mara, uh, honestly speaking, it's a much more uh, systematic uh, thing than us. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, they have uh, much more uh, uh, manpower than we have. Mm. And almost every big cat family, there is a set of rangers who are focused on that. Mm. And also they have done a wonderful job of relocating the people who are in the fringes of the park. Okay. So uh, the place which is today the Masai Mara National Reserve, many decades ago, mm. it used to be a village where the local Masai used to stay. So since then the local government, park administration, they have worked to peacefully relocate these people and mm. make these conservancies which are basically... Uh, where the locals can stay as well as there are also the wildlife uh, safaris can happen, which are basically the private lands. Okay. And today, uh, if you see a country like Kenya, they have mm. done a great job of uh, tourism as well. So any guy who passes after uh, school, they have this tourism training colleges and the guide training colleges, which mm. almost everybody in the city of this national parks they attend. Wow. And they are actually well-trained guides and uh, basically fit to be employed in the hotel industry as mm. waiters or other uh, positions. Mm. So, in a way, uh, uh, the country as a whole and the people they have realized that tourism is the way forward, and everybody—I uh, mean, at least all the local people that I people that I know—they mm. are very focused on basically saving wildlife and uh, uh, protecting their country against poaching.
0: Very interesting. And you know you are also a natural photographer. I mean, in terms of nature, nature. For example, you spoke about uh, you know the Nordic countries and the uh, Northern Lights, etc. Right. What is the difference in terms of photography of nature versus wildlife?
1: Okay. So, uh, wildlife is more spontaneous, mm. it's like a one take thing, you don't get a second chance, mm. either you get it right or the image is gone forever. Mm. So sometimes, I mean, if I take an example, say, some kind of a chase happens or something, it is just a split second that you can get the image, either mm. you get it or you don't get it.
2: Mm.
1: But in nature, uh, basically landscape photography, you have more chances, mm. you can do a lot of things right and uh, typically in a landscape photography um, a lot of focus is uh, on getting the lighting right Mm. because you have the leverage to do that.
2: Mm.
1: Say for example uh, something like if I'm in the Himalayas or some kind of a nice uh, natural location, Mm. I typically try to shoot in sunrise or sunset Mm. and I will typically not shoot in the day when the light is very strong and harsh and also uh, we do a lot of Reiki on the exact location exact frame when we are travelling during the day and then mm-hmm. uh, at the right light we get the uh, right image hmm. but in wildlife we don't have this luxury so there we either we get it right or we don't get it very well said very well said
0: so you know uh, if you look at uh, the natural habitat of animals or if you look at you know the, the the nature photography how do we as human beings ensure that we do not talk of the extinction of species, because not only is wildlife, there is sea life, there is plant life. And as
1: human beings, we seem to be destroying a lot of it. That is very true. Um, Now, uh, one good thing which I have seen in the uh, recent years, Mm -hmm. a lot of focus has been placed on sustainable tourism. Mm So even we as a company, Wild Verger, we also uh, completely, uh, so things like uh, uh, basically we're doing a carbon count of your tour, how much waste you are generating
2: mm.
1: and then uh, choosing the places of stay which are basically eco-friendly and mm. don't uh, basically uh, give back uh, waste to the nature. Mm. Say for example, I'll uh, give you a nice example, say in a place like Masai Mara. So the mm. reason I said they have done a great job of tourism It's also the way the lodges are designed in in Kenya or even I would say the other African countries. Mm -hmm. So like since we got this uh, camp in Mara, so they have very strict environmental policies. Mm. So things like any kind of water waste or solid waste that I generate, Mm -hmm. I cannot let it uh, in the river or in the system. So we need to have very uh, nice advanced basically waste treatment plants, Mm -hmm. treat the waste, make a compost and give it uh, back to the system. Hmm. And even the wastewater, I need to treat it and use it as some other, uh, for some other use or something else. But it, it has to be basically a zero uh, waste policy in the uh, entire ecosystem, hmm. which is actually a wonderful thing. And okay. I'm sure a lot of uh, other countries like India also will slowly uh, get to this kind of uh, tourism.
0: And are we implementing such stringent uh, qual- you know requirements in India as well or not yet?
1: Uh, what I hear so far in some places like Sundarbans, they have just started with these things, mm. particularly since uh, it's a very uh, ecologically sensitive area. Mm. But then when I look at, uh, say, places, tiger parks like Bandhavgarh, Ranthambore, and all, so there, of course, I see a lot of hotels have uh, come up like mushrooms and mm. a lot of pressure is there on the system. But I'm sure in the coming times, we can uh, do a lot to regulate uh, all the uh, ecological uh, output of these places.
0: Wonderful, and tell me one more thing. You know, uh, I was reading somewhere that because of the pandemic
2: mm.
0: and almost no tourism in a lot of the wildlife parks, right. nature has been able to revive itself very significantly. What is your view, and you know how do how do how do we react to something like this?
1: Yeah, even I have heard of the same things, and even we had quite a few WhatsApp forwards where animals were roaming in the streets and all. Mm. Uh, Now, honestly speaking, when I talk of a wildlife park, whether it is India or anywhere else, these are typically protected areas. Mm. So whether you have a lockdown or not a lockdown, so it will be still the same for the animals because their habitat is not changing. And even right now, nobody is like encroaching on their freedom or their space. Mm. While of course, there are safari gypsies, which are there, but that is a very, I would say very small part of the total uh, area. Mm now uh, the other part where we saw these images of wildlife entering the cities and all that i mean honestly speaking uh, while people call it encouraging but it is not their natural homes
2: hmm. i don't
1: expect uh, uh, say indian god to be roaming in the streets of a munnar correct so rather it should be in its home way which is the forest hmm. so And uh, in any case, the lockdown is a very temporary phenomenon. It's not going to stay forever. So, ultimately, the best is that uh, uh, the wildlife stays in harmony in its own habitat, Hmm. and neither we encroach into their habitat, neither they come to ours.
2: Wonderful.
1: That is the ideal scenario. Wonderful.
0: And have you have you traveled to say Brazil and to the Amazon?
1: Amazon, yes, I have been to places like Costa Rica, Ecuador for my bird watching, particularly mm. in the Andes and the Amazon side. Amazing. And are the, is the infrastructure
0: better in some of these countries?
1: Uh, when I say better, I would say uh, the infrastructure is much more ecologically sensitive Okay. compared to say equivalent places in India. I so see. when I say ecologically sensitive, again, the same uh, kind of stringent environmental norms Then also they use much more natural materials like wood and other eco-friendly materials Mm -hmm. to build these lodges, which I find really nice. Very nice. So uh, Alankar, let let me now
0: move to the second part of our conversation, which is some questions for you personally.
1: Sure.
0: Um, You know, successful corporate career, gave it up, became a a person who is pursuing his passion and has made it into a successful business. What does success mean to Alankar?
1: Honestly, if I look at it, it's uh, basically uh, the freedom to do the things as I like to do. Mm -hmm. And there are still a lot of things which I would like to do. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just that I'm getting the freedom to do them. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, uh, like building a travel company with uh, my own philosophy of uh, giving the best uh, experiences and doing a lot of research behind our destinations, then even now in terms of the lodge in Masai Mara, so giving different kind of experiences which are unique and authentic and not the typical run-of-the-mill uh, things. Mm. So basically, by creating these products and uh, living through this experience, this is uh, that's really, I mean, I would say, uh, successful.
0: Fantastic. And you know, you mentioned in the beginning that you, you know, Wild Voyager is also associated with luxury tourism. That is
1: true.
0: My question to you is that what are some of the values that you hold dear to yourself in your business, Uh,
1: specific to luxury tourism or in general? No, to you, to you, and to one of Wild Voyager. Sure. So one of the uh, fundamental values we have, uh, we don't offer any destination where we have not been ourselves. Mm -hmm. So unless I really love an experience which I have done myself or maybe my core team has done, I will never offer it to a guest Mm -hmm. because we are typical, I mean, we are not travel agents. So uh, unless uh, this is something I would rather pay myself to do that, Mm -hmm. I will never offer that uh, to my guest. Mm Then the next thing is that, uh, uh, which uh, I'm sure our guests also appreciate, hmm. so we he- hold a lot of value in the right uh, consulting, hmm. which is typically a thing which is missing when you book through an online travel agent or uh, book a standard package hmm. because uh, tra- no two people travel the same. Hmm. So there, is a lot, there are a lot of customizations and personal right. tastes and preferences. It takes a lot of destination expertise as well as listening to your guests hmm. to understand that. Okay so we really pride ourselves that we make that effort to spend time with them understand what they want and deliver the right product for them
0: wonderful uh, and one more question is that you know when you talk of say the the average indian traveler one mm. are people older say of my vintage and the other are the millennials I millennials mean, are far more aware of the environment and of you know conservation etc what in your view are the differences uh, between the different categories of or age groups of travelers coming out of India?
1: So uh, millennials, or I would say, uh, even a decade after that, possibly till my generation mm-hmm. and they are more, I would say, uh, experimental in nature.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> like when we give them ideas that why don't you try this or Say, okay, so let me give you an example. Say for African safaris, typically the first you will hear is Mara or Serengeti. That those are the most popular ones. Mm. Now, uh, somebody uh, who wants an offbeat experience, we offer them, why don't you try, say, Madagascar, where you can do a lot of trekking through dense forests. And more often than not, we have millennials who have accepted these kind of suggestions. Mm. And they have done things which you conventionally will not do. Mm. Now, uh, with the... Uh, The senior citizen, not even the senior citizen, even people in their fifties or even uh, late Mm. forties. Typically, I mean, while there have been exceptions, but typically have been more of comfort seekers. Mm. So nice hotels, uh, uh, nice cars, and I would say more of our uh, customers in terms of the luxury products. Okay, but uh, the uh, the stark difference that has been from the millennials or the young people has been that uh, apart from the budget. And uh, the millennials have been more experimenting in uh, their travel choices. Wonderful. So i have got time for one more question
0: for you and I'm trying to debate what to ask you, but I think what I'm going to ask you is that what is the most exciting and the challenging aspect of your work?
1: So one uh, thing that I can surely say that uh, no two days are same. Mm-hmm. I don't have a typical nine to five uh, routine. Well, of course, when I'm in town, I have an office to attend, which I do attend. Correct. (laughs) But uh, typically, because we were a startup and uh, the travel company, I would say, still is kind of a startup. Mm -hmm. So there have been a lot of challenges around hiring the right people, Mm -hmm. then uh, setting up the right processes, building the uh, technology background, which is the ERP systems and other Mm -hmm. things.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And then... Eventually, the uh, other challenges came when we tra- wanted to expand to the United States and the mature European markets, mm. setting up the teams there and finding the right people to work with. Correct. And then even in the product, uh, 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 while see uh, um, myself traveling to a place and offering that to a guest, are two diff- very different things. Mm. So there has to be a lot of uh, customizations and we have, uh, I would say, done a lot of trial and errors to basically fine tune the right products for the guests. Hmm. So I may like to travel in a certain way, but a guest may not like that. So we need to do those adjustments. so, It has been a highly, I would say, challenging journey and a lot of new things happened every day, every month. Hmm. But at the same time, it has been the most interesting as well. Fantastic.
0: Alankar, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you and I wish you and Wild Voyager Lots and lots of success.
1: Thank you so much, Ashutosh. It was an honor. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You,
0: videocast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in.